Hello there. <laughs> Welcome to episode 251, The Joes the Toons Missed. My name is Steve, I'm joined by my boys, Paul, and General Kenobi. Robert. Hey Robbie, hello Paul. Good hey, evening, buddy. gentlemen. Um, may I just say <laughs> that I have had the world's worst sleep in the lead up to this podcast, so it's wow. going to be interesting. I'm so sorry to hear that. What happened? Guys, fascinating. Well, I was up a mountain at sunset, uh, shooting a little, little, little sequence for uh, the final part of the Renegades Playmotion saga, and at around sunset, the cloud of mosquitoes that live there just rise. They rise out of the foliage, and they just attack anything living. Particularly oh. if you're hunched over a plastic helicopter uh, and not able to move or swat anything because you're trying to get the damn shot. Eesh. Guys, I was I was like a beekeeper, you know, covered in bees on your suit, but without the oh suit. Oh my god! I now know what it feels like to have a mosquito bite your testicle. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't advise it. Oh, it's not like I was nude. Uh, I was wearing. Clothes. It just got in there somehow. I was wearing the typical North Queensland outfit of uh, uh, shorts and a t-shirt um, and like flip-flops. Top. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Showing off my midriff, nice and tasty for the cloud of mozzies. Anyways, dudes, it it bit me through my shorts, through my underwear. It got got in there, oh. and I didn't want to move because I was like, uh, it was a long extended take, and I was like, oh, I gotta get the Sarge framed up nicely against the sunset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Your dedication to this craft. But is, the thing is, uh, no bearings. I don't know if it's linked or not. Maybe I'm coming down with something that Kim had, but like, I couldn't sleep because the right side of my face was totally fucked, for lack of a better word. My eye was sore and red. <gasps> um, my nose was blocked. I couldn't breathe through that side. Like, just oh, weird. I don't know if it's a reaction to all the bites because those bastards carry disease, man. No, oh, they sure, do. They do. What did Kim say? I mean, she is a doctor. She knows things. What are doctors that study insects? Uh, um, entomologists? Entomologists? Hmm. Barking up the wrong entomologists. tree. Yeah. <laughs> Be sure to take me to task in the comment section. But no, she's she's not that kind of doctor. Um, uh, so Yeah, but I mean, like, as a... a your as eyes saw? See an optometrist. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's the thing. Go to a dentist. As a doctor, yeah, but I mean, she might have like some idea of your symptoms and say, okay, these symptoms are commonly yeah, linked like to... this is commonly linked with, you know, TV oh, or yeah. some rubbish, I, she could, I don't know. She could ask Dr. Google, same as everyone else, but no, her, her advice was like, take some painkillers and go to sleep. Don't go. wake up and... and do a podcast the next morning. Sorry, <laughs> 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 babe, joke's on you. Anyway, uh, you're right, by the course. way, it is an entomologist. I, I went hey. and looked up uh, just Mr. Calm Google, down, not Dr. Comment Google. Section. Calm down. Uh, <laughs> Paul, Rob, fill me in, guys. What's new with you? Well, nothing much. Um, we, had a, we had a good week at work. Um, the weather's been absolutely fantastic. It's raining a lot. Um, that's, the, that's the good news. Um, some bad news, which I think uh, probably a lot of people have heard. Um, a fantastic actor, Ray Liotta, passed away this week. Oh, um, rest in peace. 
probably most well known for Goodfellas. Um, yes. I really enjoyed him in Copland. But what I'll always remember him for was being the voice of Tommy Vercetti in Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Yeah. He's the yeah. main character of that game. And that is probably one of my favorite performances of his ever. It is just fantastic. Um, what a great game. What a great setting. What a great time period. And what a great voice to get for the character. Um, mm. So, yeah, that, that, was, that was a one great loss. And a second loss that also happened this past week. This um, one hurt me. Not to get terribly morbid, but Andy Fletcher of Depeche oh. Mode. Oh, yes. um, well, this no, one. No, no, no. So yeah, there's a third um, one as well that hurt me. Oh, there's a third one. Oh, goodness. Mm. So Andy Fletcher, the, the keyboard player, DJ, and founding member of Depeche Mode, also passed away this week. Rest in peace. Um, mm. One of my favorite bands ever, Enjoy and it's just sad to think I'll never hear them you know, a complete live. Um, I would have loved to have seen him live. Fantastic man. Um, absolutely amazing. Paul, it sounds like someone else passed away that I, I'm Yeah, Vangelis. <gasps> yeah. So what? Vangelis, uh, a, a lot of people may know Vangelis for his score. His amazing score he did for Chariots of Fire. Blade Runner. Uh, my first Blade, Runner. Blade Runner is the next one. Uh, what is it? Uh, Conquest of Paradise. Yeah. Uh, amongst many others. I mean, Vangelis has lent his scores and his musical genius to many things. And um, as somebody who's a huge fan of his music, uh, it surprises me that I've never really looked up who he is. Mm. Um, and I think it's just because I've always appreciated just the sort of uh, mystery behind him. Kind of the same thing as Depeche Mode. Like, I, I love Depeche Mode, but I don't know a lot I about the band. I many of the members, yeah, same. And um, to to find out, uh, to read, uh, like, he's sort of, I don't want to say he's, it was an article that was written about him posthumously. So it's kind of like a posthumous biography, <laughs> biographical <laughs> write-up of him. And he was, like, a total prodigy. I mean, he was playing piano concertos at, like, six years old, and he had never been taught how to play piano. He was just playing piano in front of a whole bunch of people. And he was just quite a brilliant mind. And it's just sad, you know, that he's gone. But once again, so cool that he's left behind so much awesome stuff, very much like Depeche Mode, uh, who for me, I mean, Depeche Mode and Vangelis for me have been big um, influences uh, in my life musically and just artistically. And also from an identification point of view, when I say, you know, like when you were creating our identity as people, love, love, love their music. And Ray Liotta, uh, dude such a cool actor and like it, i've always loved these like he does these weird comedy roles as well every now and then like where oh, he yeah, plays he like, like Muppets <laughs> from space oh uh... dude <laughs> i love that dude he was actually so good um so yeah so totally he'll be missed so there's that so shot rob yeah <laughs> the good weather sure. you say yeah good weather in general yes <laughs> nice <laughs> anyways um, toys <laughs> I'm going to take the mic from you quickly. I'm just going to say, yeah, Ooh. I've had a, I've had a cool week in the form of um, just being very busy, but in a cool way. I've been busy on some great projects uh, for like gaming projects and stuff that are coming up. It's all like for commercial clients. It's nothing like fun or whatever that you guys might want to play. But it has been there have been great like portfolio jobs for me, which has been cool and exciting. Just crazy, crazy busy. Uh, one of them rhymes with Teen Titans Go, which has been quite cool for me. Um, and then, oh, nice. 
Yeah, so, but I mean, it's like a mini game. It's mostly for kids, but it's like, it's cool that I've been working on something like that. So it's great for the porty. On top of all of that. <laughs> that was, uh, that was Aussie level slang right there. Great for the porty, as in portfolio. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. It's great for my porty, mate. Uh... Uh, but I just, uh, I mean, you know, that's just something, maybe it's an Australianism that's, even... no, that's not been there. Uh, the world, unfortunately, is, is tending towards truncating everything, I imagine. Mm. Australia is just ahead of the curve in that regard. But yeah, yeah. It, it totally scans. <laughs> the <point. laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so yeah, so it's just been a cool work, uh, work week. And then uh, Gunpla SA has, done, has been doing really well. And I'm happy about that. And yeah, that's me. Onwards to Steve. Oh yeah. Been other than on your oh, world, other than no, being... guys, you've 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 got enough of me. Let's crack up, crack up, crack in. Let's crack, crack up, crack in. Let's crack open our Let's topic crank it. Uh, on this session. So, a number of characters, designs, concepts were left out of GI Joe's extensive cartoon appearances, and they had mm -hmm. to be. It's a toy line that just cranked them out, man. In episode 251, we are going to focus in on some of the most criminally underutilized characters and try and filter them in to the cartoon series that fits them best. So get your creative juices flowing, get the wheels spinning, which figures, which characters, which concepts, designs, vehicles, sub-teams did you long for in G.I. Joe animation and never got? Yeah. That is exactly. Did I get it right, Paul? You got it 100% right. <laughs> okay. You can force this. It. Yeah. Is, this is a cartoon style episode, and it is definitely in Paul's wheelhouse. He suggested the topic, and I'm doing my best to transcribe his thoughts into a, <laughs> a digestible uh, uh, intro speech. But uh, in terms of my first pick, gentlemen, mm. I don't know if this is going to be uh, in any kind of chronology. Um, nah, but I'm going to roll with the year 1988 and I'm going uh, to select that a character I wished we'd had simply for what he represents um, or a character I wish we'd had in the Sunbow series if there had been a third season taking place after the movie is Voltar, Destro's uh, general for the simple reason that he more than anything else, suggests that the Iron Grenadiers were their own distinct faction. I mean, how can you be a general if you don't have an army to command? So mm. Voltar's very existence says to me that Destro's Iron Grenadiers are not just a personal god. They are, just like we saw in the, uh, the comic book series during the Cobra Island Civil War, they are an army in and of themselves, an important third faction and something to really shake up the... Serpentor Cobra Law hegemony. You know, this is Destro's attempt to seize power. Cobra Commander's a snake. Globulus is possibly dead. Serpentor's trying to put together his forces again. And now's the time to launch his campaign, I guess, his quest for world domination himself. And this is the man, Voltar, uh, who's going to be his ticket. He's got such a cool Lord Dread from, uh, was it, uh, Captain Power look to him. Mm. But this, I mean, there's some debate about the color of his jumpsuit. 
Is it a deep burgundy? Is it a, a hot pink? <laughs> Paul, you've known a, a lot of Pantones and color swatches in your life. Uh, what would you call that? Uh, I would call it, it's a... Plum. When, what do they call No, no, no. It's like, it's like a berry pink, but it's got like a silly name. It's like hot berry pink, or I think it's around that. It's, it, because it leans towards the magenta side of the yes, pink, not so much the okay, red side. Look, yeah. my, my, I, I think the plastic couldn't match the color that the artist went for. I think this character, in, at least in design, started out as a different color than the figure we got. Because the, the color, mm. I've found some justification for it later on. It's, it's certainly an eye-catching color, but I didn't connect with it as a child because it was like, that's dipping into girl's toy palette. But if you look at the artwork alongside, it's got a kind of a crimson red to it. But it's not yeah. crimson god red. It's got notes of that kind of pinkiness. So it's, it's like, I don't know. Bloody brain. Destro red. <laughs> Bloody brain. <laughs> Bloody you know brain. The, I was, uh, I've got a color mixing app uh, that I use on my phone. Just sometimes you can just find a Pantone or whatever so that you can mix paint colors for model kits, whatever. And I actually have this color kind of in there. And I can't remember the name for the life of me. But I swear it's like hot summer pink or something like that or hot berry pink. That's, that's Look, either way, I just like throwing in a little uh, new faction. And it's something that, that the third season of, of a G.I. Joe cartoon series by Sunpo could have preoccupied itself with over a number of episodes. Mm. I know it was never really a saga. It was more episodic. Every time you, you'd kind of be set back to the status quo, nothing would shift the needle. But in my fantasy, you know, resetting of the cartoon series, this third season would actually have a, a bit of continuity to move through a, a bigger story to tell and it would center around this guy mm. voltar anyways he's my first pick the fact that he was never used in the mm. cartoon series at all um it's just criminal well 1988 as we know and a lot of the 1987 cast are the lost series and yeah it's the, it's the imagine gooch imagine they will be uh <laughs> the, the, the the figures and characters that we'll have a bit of a preoccupation with uh, in this episode. Oh, I think you might be right. I mean, that's what my magic <laughs> eight ball says. That's your cue, Paul. <laughs> my unmosquito bitten magic eight ball, should I say? <laughs> Ish. 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 Yo, guys, the 1987-1988 period of G.I. Joe releases really does form a bit of a, a Gucci, uh, not a Gucci as in style brand Gucci, but as in the Gooch of the G.I. Joe toy brand, because you got <laughs> characters that are from there, there as well. <laughs> you got characters that are picked from there and then other characters which are woefully left behind. And the first one that I want to bring out, ladies and gentlemen, none other than Crocmaster. <sighs> I really feel like the cartoon world of G.I. Joe has missed out on this gem of a character. Uh, you know, he's, he's featured in no way. He's not even misrepresented in the cartoons. He's just not there. And I think, you know, he's, he's, if I have to equate uh, G.I. Joe to another cartoon, let's compare it to the Ninja Turtles. Let's say that Croc Master is the G.I. Joe equivalent of something like the Rat King. Um, you know, 
yes, uh, Leatherhead is obviously um, an easy on the nose kind of comparison, but I'd say it's more like the Rat King. And I just think he would have made such a great villain, you know, like to sort of not replace, but just, you know, give us a break from Zartan in the cartoon, you know, just have a bit of Croc Master, you know, maybe they could have painted him up as a Dreadnought, whatever's, you know, in the show. But I, I really feel like we missed out on this character. You know, he's he's very cool. I mean, I'm sure there's tons of Croc Master fans out there. There must be because they're doing a classified figure of him. But this is this is mine. Like, I think some episodes where Croc Master has mind, yet again, mind controlled, or he's, you know, taken over Florida by mind controlling all of the crocodile or alligators. And, uh, you know, Florida is being held uh, hostage by these crocodiles that are just, you know, eating people's poodles and stuff. And uh, <laughs> he's all like, I want the money. <laughs> give it to me kind of thing <laughs> i think it would have just been so much fun it could have even gone so ridiculous for with his voice he's just he's just fertile ground for great cartoon characters so most opportunity there hasbro just putting that yeah. out there yeah so cool which brings us to rob rob who are you gonna put scoop into today <laughs> <laughs> wording i think who, who are you gonna put scoop into today I mean, what are you gonna put scoop into today? This is Jackass fall. This is this is Yeah, yeah, Joeberg after dark, man. Damn. Yeah, yeah. Please continue. Well, I mean, I think it, I think it kind of goes without saying that you know, an unofficial pick of mine, uh, a, a special mention. I'll do it up front because I usually seem to leave it for last. I would love Scoop to be in everything. Obviously, I think he would have made a great character. And Sunbow, if you just introduced him a bit earlier, I think he would have had a really great chemistry with those characters. He would have been cool in Resolute. Um, ah. Like, that would yes. have been a cool eye to have on the action going on in um, Resolute itself. Because Warren Ellis is very much about um, transhumanism. He wrote a fantastic comic series called Transmetropolitan, which is like instead in the future so and good. about the media. Um, so, that could have been a very interesting eye on the action that occurs in resolute itself which i thought would have been really cool so that's my special mention up front scoop would be good in everything um Jeez. extreme you know he got his own series, which he was the central character to you got that whole that is all for you my friend good or I bad know, but that we is... need more we need more you know storm shadow didn't get a mini series devoted to him <laughs> scoop did so okay i guess i got one up on storm shadow but my first choice, weirdly enough, is actually from 1988. <laughs> as far as I know, he wasn't in Sunbow, and I haven't watched much of Deke, so I don't know if he eventually appeared in Deke, but I think a fun character that you could do a lot of cool, fun stuff with, especially just based on his characterization on his card, would be Lightfoot. I think Lightfoot, if he didn't appear in Deke, I don't know if he did, um, would be a fantastic addition to Sunbow. Because um, he's just got that kind of, that bumblingness about him, but also an intensity um and i think that makes for good comedy you know where he can kind of be like the the butt of people's jokes but when it comes down to it you know he is saving their lives in the middle of like a huge action scene you know suddenly like they're like oh no not lightfoot and then he like saves them <laughs> and they're all like oh my god he saved us oh, this doesn't make any sense <laughs> oh guys <laughs> 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 where is lightfoot characterized as like a, a goof yeah, I love that. Yeah, that where? works for me. Is it is nowhere? It, okay, it's just a, a brainchild of Rob's. 
Or maybe yeah. it's, I, I just thought that he came across as like, you know, like when he isn't focused and doing his thing, um, he was kind of like more like a bumbling guy. Where am I thinking? Oh, of? Is there someone trip else? Wire. Tripwire. Well, they're both yeah. the EOD guys, but uh, oh, yeah, that's Lightfoot. true. But I think you could you could transpose that characterization onto Lightfoot because he was a 1988 character and his look mm. is interesting. I think his look is more interesting than Tripwire. So Lightfoot. Oh, definitely. Like one and only real feature came in Special Missions, the comic book, where mm. he was the one selected. The Joes had been captured, and he was the one selected by the enemy captain to be tortured, uh, to give away, uh, I think, their objective. I don't know. There was some information they were trying to get out of Lightfoot. Oh, they were wow. looking for a secret weapons cache that Lightfoot was sent in to actually destroy. Um, and deny them from getting hmm. anyway so they eventually break him after beating him like from sundown till dawn hardcore um and uh, lightfoot spends the rest of the issue uh, like atoning for 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 having volunteered the information like he's like oh, we're ah. gonna see this mission through we're gonna destroy the weapons cache all the while he's being harassed by mangler a kind of Johnny come lately also ran not quite GI Joe, but uh, was in the mission anyways. Um, anyways, so Lightfoot is hard as hell, man. Well, then I think, yeah, I mean, at least the way that I obviously I confused him with Tripwire, but I think you can transpose that, especially for the cartoon. You can take liberties with them, um, you know, the, the dead on characterizations, you know, the, the file card suggests. Um, but he has a cool look to him. Once again, he's in yellow, like Scoop. So that's pretty yeah. cool. Um, and he doesn't come with a gun, so he'd be an interesting um, thing to play off of, um, you know, with his little robot. And I think he would have been a really cool to feature in a couple of episodes in Sunbow. I like, I like that idea, though, dude. I think it's very cool because, like, for me, for him to have a code name like Lightfoot means that he must be quite clumsy, actually. Like, yeah, I'd like to think That's so. probably why they called it's him just, Lightfoot. That's a missed opportunity, you know? Yeah. Um, but like he, but he does then get you know for when, when it comes down to it, he's exceptionally focused. But like outside of uh, missions, like he's very bumbling. Um, so I think that would have been a lot of fun to have him in the series. Mm. Yeah. Sidebar. Um, he he didn't come with a gun, sure. But I used to pretend that those three grenades on his chest, like he could launch them. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. Good times. Because <laughs> it is weird. Like he comes with grenades, but he had no guns. But he comes with grenades, and he's a EOD dude. And it's like, why do you come with grenades? That's a blow up well, the bombs, dude. Yeah, you can set explosives <laughs> as well. No, no, I'm, I'm thinking like uh, booby traps. Oh. He doesn't want anyone following oh, his... Uh, a booby trap? A booby trap? <laughs> a booby trap? Like a bra. Why <laughs> It seems like uh, we've got some serious love for Sigma-6 in the Bergforce chat right now. Ah. No, we got Hans Chow. Pimping oh. Sigma Six like he's part of the marketing team. <laughs> well, most notably, Tiger Force uh, should belong there. Like their crazy color scheme can only work in Sigma Six, apparently. Or Joe uh, Extreme. I'd hasten to agree. <laughs> yes, Extreme, of course. <laughs> How can we forget? Uh, next for me, I'm gonna say uh, it's Overlord. Another <gasps> concept that just Great fell through the cracks, right? Mm. Yeah, dude. Like, I think the only time it's I ever saw him was in the video in the game. Comic... Yeah, not yeah. used in the comic books. Uh, a great characterization, a great addition to the Cobra line, but 
know where that he could shine. How would you play so, Mart, man? Yeah. Well, Overlord is different uh, from any other Cobra leader that came before him because he started out inside the organization as a Crimson Guardsman. He mm. worked his way up from being a grunt to being an officer to then being a leader. So unlike you know, used car salesman who started the whole shebang or a genetically cloned um, from the remnants of, of dead leaders kind of emperor, this guy is a man of the people, a true man of the people or man of the soldiers, man of the, the, the core. Um, he's, he's walked the, in the boots of the rank and file and he knows what it's like to be, I suppose, a, a motivator of, of, of men. Hmm. So it'd be interesting to see another three-way power struggle within Cobra. I kind of see that that's the theme running through my, my picks. But I, if I'm he, picking up on a theme too. <laughs> he could probably have filtered his way into Deke if indeed Deke uh, had, had dipped more deeply into the 1990s series. Like I think season one of Deke was already using the 1991 designs. You had Jetpack Hawk, for instance. No, and well, then season from 89 two, onwards, you know, essentially. Yeah, well, Dragonfire was 89, but I mean, there, there seems to be like a missing portion as well. Like they picked and chosed, picked and chose certain <laughs> Joes from the 1990s series. Like Rampart got some play and uh, Topside, but not everyone got even treatment and Overlord just fell through the cracks completely. Like I have no sense for this guy and not many people do because I didn't have the figure. And if you didn't have the figure, you had no point of reference to him because mm. like that was it. That and an appearance as a boss in the video game. And looking at the figure mm. now, man, he needs some help. Like <laughs> the skin tight tank top is just, it's very much a, a, a product of its time. Little scratchy Wolverine claws. It's cool. Oh, cool shoulder pads he's fantastic and a cool helmet of his <laughs> so yeah like a get him into the deke series somehow and give us at least something to cling to though saying that it, it almost feels like the booby prize like giving like putting him in deke would also add to his obscurity it's as if if you're classic joe you have to be part of sunbow or you just don't make the cut Maybe mm. he would have fit better into that period. But yeah, give give this guy something to do. Give him some footprint. So, like, that, like I feel you on that one. And uh, one of the guys in the Bokeforce in the in the comments actually uh, also suggested um, Overlord. Uh, mm. He it's MCDJ ACDC, and he's like Bio Bio and Monstro Vipers, led by the V two Mindbender and Overlord. That is a very cool mm. combination. I'm really digging that, and I can see that totally working. I'd love to well, know aesthetically, if you wanted... Overlord's got all those kind of like monstrous touches. You know, the monocle, mm. the weird horned helmet, the claws. So give him, yeah, give him hordes of monsters to command. That's great. And version two Mindbender is a perfect sidekick to that. Be interesting because totally. you normally associate like Mindbender. He's always kind of following Cobra Commander around, um, yeah, or Serpentor for that matter, but. Yeah, to, to slot him into Overlord's camp, that has definitely taken some some interesting wrangling. 
some or the other way around stuff. you know like have mindbender being the cobra commander s character with overlord always trying to screw him over at every twist and turn as well that can be <laughs> you know it's a thing um also from the comments and i love this uh darren cobb uh, suggests airtight's practical joke hour i <laughs> you know, I never considered this, but this would have been a great Sunbow episode. Uh, one whole episode dedicated to Airtight just being an annoying goofball. And it would have fallen into that total um, cartoon trope of the goofball, you know, it does all these goofy things. And the team is all like, go away, you practical joker. We don't want to like, play with you anymore. And then at the very end, he comes in and one of his practical jokes is actually what saves the team, blah, blah, blah. But that could have been fun. And I feel like G.I. Joe needed that episode um, with uh, Airtight, you know, helming it. Because we did get an, a very interesting Airtight um, episode from Sunbow, uh, which was pretty cool. The germ. Uh, I don't know if... Yeah. <laughs> that was oh, so yeah. Tricky. It's so what great. That... Oh, man, what is that film that General Hawk is in? Uh, in, in Inner Space? Yes. When he shrinks yeah. down and gets put into a hypodermic needle and in, you know enters someone someone's bloodstream like that, yeah, man, that's what that episode reminded me of. I must say. Anyways, right. uh, MC also very rightly points out, and this is something that I stumbled across while doing a little bit of research on old Overlord, that he was in some cool commercials with the Sarge, but man, those commercials just had no context. Anyone watching them in isolation, or anyone watching them at all, it's like, yeah. Okay, Overlord's calling the shots in a commercial, but we have absolutely nothing to support that appearance. So it's like, comes out of nowhere, man. And that's the problem with that character. He just got chucked. I guess he was never going to be as popular as Cobra Commander or even Serpento for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe they should have just dropped the monocle. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it is a missed opportunity, totally. Uh, considering that Cobra, actually Cobra is pretty fertile ground for this, um, for these character insertions, which is why for my next one, I want to bring in a G.I. Joe character, um, talking about Hit and Run, who, yeah, I just felt also like kind of super missed opportunity uh, for this dude. Uh, he's a very interesting character in the sense that he's got a cool play feature, he's a cool toy, a lot of, I'm pretty sure a lot of kids you know, gravitated towards hit and run. I know that, you know, we all dig him. And uh, I just feel like it's just such a missed opportunity in the Sunbow show. I think he could have been a great, uh, I don't want to say replacement for Stalker, but they, they ended up not using Stalker properly in Sunbow. And I think having hit and run in one of those episodes would have been awesome uh, just to have an alternative to uh, Rikondo and um, what's his name? Alpine. It would have been cool to see I don't know, just maybe they, ha they could have played Hit and Run as a bit of a Spider-Man-esque character. You know, he could have done all kinds of crazy swinging from here to there kind of, you know, hijinks. It just would have been great. And I think he, I think he's kind of a missed opportunity. I, I, I'm pretty sure I know why he was never put into the animated series. Uh, I, think I think the challenge of, firstly, do we draw him with or without the camouflage was one of them. And then... Uh, would people understand his green skin? Would children <laughs> understand that he's green because he's wearing camouflage? These are the Joe's real conversations. Right until you've camoed right down to your fingernails. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I think, and these are the kind of conversations you know we do have in these like sort of creative meetings where we'll 
you know, you'll put in something that's very simple and somebody will be like, do you think children will think that's a penis? And it's like, oh God, no, they, no, they won't. <laughs> but anyway, you know, and here with him having green skin, they'll go like, oh, he's a mutant. He's probably like, he's probably like Moss Man. He can probably communicate with the plants. Hey, shit for all I care, if he could communicate to plants in the Sunbow show, that would have been like properly rad. Like, how cool would that have been? Like the sort of male poison <laughs> ivy character for the G.I. Joes and like, oh, this tree is telling me that Cobra is hiding like, you know, a few kilometers that way. <laughs> Thank I you, Tree. I have been watching too much Captain Planet and the Planeteers, my boy. Yeah, no, that could a be. G.I. Joe, they can talk to trees. Oh, jeez. Come on. <laughs> yeah, and it's not rock and roll, right? Yeah, so. <laughs> All fit loose. <laughs> Rob, save yeah. us from this ridiculousness. <laughs> So some more ridiculousness. Oh no, I don't think mine's mine are too terribly ridiculous. I, mm. I've already said I really enjoyed Resolute. Scoop would have been great in it, and but I really enjoyed like the redesign of some of the vehicles. Um, like so we had some really cool stuff in there. I mean, I thought the flag was a really interesting, like futuristic take on it. Mm. But I would have liked to have seen other versions of vehicles we already knew, like maybe like a like a cool like futuristic ram or i don't know uh like a rage for the for the cobra side just like more updated designs because i mean they're like the characters look so cool and unique to resolute and they translate into cool toys as well but i think you could have had a lot more vehicles um and like re mm. you know redesign them so that you can have like a new look to them um but if I had to choose a toy that I'd love to see that, that exists um, that wasn't in Resolute, I'd say the Rhino would be a great addition to Resolute. Yes, um, agreed. If yeah. I had to choose something that exists, um, that would have been such a cool, because I mean, they had all those like jetpacks and stuff that the GI Joes used, but it would have been amazing to see the Rhino in there. Because I think the Rhino fits perfectly with the styling of Resolute. Oh, it definitely I think does. absolutely incredible. And also, like, your suggestion uh, does speak volumes of the, or does speak for the joke community in a lot of ways, because when Resolute came out, I remember the His Tank boards being full of, I really hope that Hasbro releases the, the His Tanks from Resolute. You know, we never got that. Never got so, that. But the crazy thing is they re-released the Rhino in 2009, which I think, if I remember correctly, that's the year that Resolute came out. But it was correct. part of the Rise of Cobra line. Yeah. Yeah, that's the but one you I can got. So easily have re-released it as a resolute um, vehicle. Uh huh. That would have been freaking amazing. Would have been so yeah, amazing. I would have loved to see a lot more vehicles based off the design philosophy of resolute. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, man. Same. I recall the the uh, trouble bubbles were redesigned to look like. Uh, what are those guys from um, the Invid? Hey, from, oh, from yes. Robotech. Uh, from Robotech from the third the series. Trouble bubbles yeah, were like kind of kind of like I don't know, insectoid. Yeah, yeah they were very, sky. Yeah. They were cool. I mean but Rob, I think, so... I think you you're disqualified on that that's that second pick of yours because the Rhino did find its way into animation. It was in Sigma Six. Oh was it? Oh shit, yeah. Jesus. Oh, shit. It is. Plenty. Okay, I love that okay. helicopter particularly. I mean, the Rolling Operations okay. Command Center was GI Joe's like main hub, but I seem to think the Rhino found its way in there. I mean, certainly the helicopter did, but I, I could swear I, I, I'm seeing because the vehicles were done in like a, a CG, so they're very clean, 
Yeah, you like, could have quite computer easily rendered. put that in there. Yeah, look, I, I do think it, I think it was in there. I think it's even in one of the intro sequences. Damn, but, okay, man, I gotta my go back at that. A mess. Um, but yeah, look, well, we can always do it more rhino, rapid, heli, uh, interceptor nuisance <laughs> operations. <laughs> oh, except very good. <laughs> well, if not the rhino, I, I would say any redesigned vehicle, put it in there. Like, I think probably I would love to see a futuristic uh, whale actually redesign mm. the whale and make that into resolute style. I think that would yeah, that be, be cool. absolutely fantastic because it could be a proper like hovercraft and you know, have a cool like jets underneath it. Um, so less of like a watercraft, but more of a hovering, I suppose, flying vehicle. Yeah. Sweet. I think that yeah. the guys that they got to, to design resolute look and feel are, I love that team, whoever they, that was. Yeah. Everything just kind of meshed together so well. Stuff. You know? Yeah. Because like how many how many characters are in there in the background and stuff that you're like oh i want that toy you know yeah. like and they never did it so yeah so it's weird it's like you know we can never win either we have a cartoon <laughs> that's missing toys that we really love and that's that inspire this episode or we have a cartoon full of characters with great designs that we never got as toys so toys, we just yeah there we go. Rapid Darren heli Cobb. integrated neutralizing offense vehicle. Is there a more strained <laughs> acronym in this world? I think not. Wow. Thank you for that, Darren. But wow. Because it, it makes it sound like they ne they're neutralizing heli integrate into integration, essentially. <laughs> Rapidly. Try, try and wrap your mind around it. Uh, you will go insane. <laughs> that is one hell of an acronym. Guys, for my last pick, I'd like to reintroduce you to what is long held and, and rightfully so as the, the high watermark of G.I. Joe in the modern era, the Pursuit of Cobra series of toys. Mm. Mm -hmm. Like these guys are all fantastic redesigns with tons of gear. And they seemingly come out of nowhere and go into nowhere. They mm -hmm. didn't get any kind of devoted media attention. The backs of the cards all had really cool, like, city strike and um, jungle attack and desert battle or whatever they were called. Whatever. Like, yeah. these very evocative dire shots of the characters from that wave Doing Still battle myself in places getting all over storm the world. Shadow. Yeah, sorry. Well, shame, shame, Paul. Try and get him now. You can't. Too expensive. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> but each of these figures have so much care and attention and love put into their designs. Like this is the Hasbro team on fire. Uh, well, and, and... yes. I'll tell you more when you when you get into it, Joe. When you're done. But I the, think the, the character to rise out of this. Well, I'm going to cheat and do two, okay? We got, <laughs> Go for it. We got one or two new additions during this heyday of the modern era. And most notably, Shadow Tracker. Ooh, I, I propose them, them. that if, if there had been the budget for it and if they'd really given this line a push, a mini-series devoted to Pursuit of Cobra coming off the backs of the Rise of Cobra film 
this was G.I. Joe, the newly formed or newly reformed G.I. Joe unit under Duke now going after all the Cobra cells around the world as the, mm. the card backs kind of uh, set Alluded the story. Yeah. yeah. And Shadow Tracker would be one big bad that they encounter in the, in the big bad jungles. Uh, I think he could have had his own devoted episode or episode and a half um, as G.I. Joe trying to counter this threat. Give this guy some backstory. Give him some media appearance. Oh, give me so many ideas for him now. Such a cool it's look so for character. It feels so wasted not to have him animated. Yeah, mm. for him to have come and gone and there to have not been any fanfare or any kind of additional... Uh, media exposure oh, man i wish he'd find his way into a cartoon but i mean he's coming with all this deadly stuff and a cartoon miniseries of that era i think should have been in the same vein as resolute and been mm. more adult and have character deaths but what fun is it for a guy like shadow tracker to to have a bunch of named joes that he can't really lay a finger on because everyone's gonna freak out well the Pursuit of Cobra toy line provides its own answer in the form of the Steel Brigade. <laughs> its own fodder. <laughs> Operation Cannon Fodder. Steel Brigade never found their way into any cartoon series. Yep. And that as far as shame. I can tell, they didn't find their way into any comic book series either. So mm. we're left with this character, this, this concept that exists only as our own avatar and never got kind of picked up by Joe Media. Put him in this miniseries as the kind of G.I. Joe cannon fodder and give Shadow Tracker something to gut <laughs> and string up to a nearby tree as like a warning, like do not come any further. You know, that would be badass. I can just imagine a showdown between Ricondo, Pursuit of Cobra Con Ricondo and Shadow Tracker. Mm. Oh man. And a few jungle vipers thrown in for good measure. But yeah, yeah so, big missed opportunity there. So, like, everything you're speaking about now with the Shadow Tracker sort of harkens back to uh, this concept in Gundam, um, in, the, in the Gundam anime, where uh, the Zeon, uh, the principality of Zeon after the war, there's a lot of guys that just refuse to, to accept defeat and they create sort of the Neo Zeon faction and they sort of go to ground. They, you know, they stay underground and they're building up this resistance. And yeah. they come out like much, much later, like almost, I think it's almost 15 or 20 years later, the, the Zeon remnants come out and they are led by some fanatical characters that, you know, did serve, you know, as high ranking officers during the Zeon thing. And that makes a lot of sense to me as like Shadow Tracker is like now the new, you know, he's filling up power vacuum. Ooh, and that, that would then be what's very Shadow Tracker's backstory? Who was he in the previous mm. dispensation? And he's now almost. Almost a... <laughs> I'm joking. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, but that leaves him nowhere to go. I mean, Crocmaster was always a freak who stayed out in the, you know, in the back back country. Um, <clears throat> for Shadow Tracker to have emerged as this kind of character who's fallen from grace, he's got to have been someone already. Yeah, Overlord. I feel. I feel that that's uh, a thing. I mean, <laughs> he just got a deep, deep tan. Hell in my yeah. mind. In my mind, when I got the toy, I always felt that Shadow Tracker was kind of the like a, a range viper that was either smarter than the rest of them, or crazier than the rest of them, or um, both, 
or both, you know, mm. um, which is quite likely. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I even remember writing a file card for that. There was some, I think, was it Joe Battle Lines or his tank long ago that did like a file card write, a competition for, for Shadow Tracker. Anyway, I went a bit nuts with the file card. I think I ended up writing like an essay. But, uh, and I never, I don't think I even submitted it, but I just remember like giving it some serious <laughs> thought and going, Pathetic, oh, Paul, come on, man. <laughs> no, man, it was an essay and I was like, Ugh, now I got to summarize this thing. Although, actually, now that I think about it, I did submit it. Um, uh, quickly. Oh, speaking of, did you guys mm-hmm. actually submit your, uh, your concepts for... I'm hitting the, I'm hitting it tomorrow. He's hitting do it, it tomorrow. It, I, I was, time I'm expires. still considering, I'm still nah. considering, I don't know. Da- it just feels so... I don't indulge. Just do it, somewhere. Rob. Roll the dice. Exactly. Man. Indulge. What can you lose? Nothing. Okay, exactly. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Nobody's gonna like. Nobody's gonna put put you up there and go. Oh my god, this guy submitted oh, the worst thing or whatever. Who cares? Uh, They're gonna, uh, you know. Gaz makes a suggestion in the in the chats that I think I kind of was heading towards almost that a Shadow Tracker could have been that trooper from uh, that dusty traitor two parter. I think his Ooh. name was Claymore. Wasn't it? Ah, mm. uh, yes. So it, it does kind of fit the same ethnicity. And yeah, it does give him some backstory, somewhere to go from. He had a career then, perhaps in the Range Vipers, and subsequently became this jungle man called the Shadow Tracker. So there was this, uh, there was this uh, design studio uh, that did a lot of artwork for films and games, and they were called Massive Black. Um, incredible um, studio, by the way, and they actually designed all of those Rise of Cobra or Pursuit of Cobra designs that you see there hmm. that you uh, posted earlier. Yeah, so all I've got that art book. It's actually not a G.I. Joe art book. It's their studio art book. Um, and it's really awesome to see some of the those characters, like how they were rendered and drawn up. Um, I think Dusty's in there. Rakondo's in there. Uh, there are ideas for the the um for what's his face there's some snake eyes designs in there obviously and they've actually all found their their way into toy form for the most like, part there's just such crazy designs in the in this period that they'd all be so cool to see them in motion in an animation totally. and used it's missed opportunities so many and i think and i think initially the the sort of um destination for those designs wasn't actually for the toys it was actually movie concepts that were going to be put into the game because massive black also did the designs for the game for the Uh, rise of cobra game so yeah and you might have noticed that in the rise of cobra some of those gi joe designs are different to their movie counterparts and so that's where a lot of that comes from and i'll tell you another interesting fun fact that that idea that you had of all of the steel brigades uh troopers going in going after the shadow tracker I think it's really awesome (laughs) and there's a there's a good proof of concept for that um in halo in the the video game series of halo there's a there's a halo game called halo odst and the odsts are the non-spartan uh division of the the military so aka the whole you know military so you actually Mm. play as a bunch of these guys and then also another really good game to reference is republic commando star wars republic commando when you play as a squad of clone troopers which was so good and so cool mm. in fact i think that single-handedly inspired the bad batch and then the bad batch is also a really good um inspiration for this steve i think we need to do like a steel brigade 
Bad Batch style. Play motion. <laughs> Play motion. Oh, yeah. But we'll uh, use cardboard uh, cutouts as the, because yeah. we, can, we only have <laughs> one. Say, we'll, we'll go knocking on Bobby Feller's door and say, um, can you can you lend us a, a couple of steel brigades? We want to play with them on camera. <laughs> yeah, right. Jeez. It's very mm. expensive play motion, that. But look, they just look at you that... dead in the eye and you'll be like, my M16? My M16? <laughs> if you break Guys, any of those figures, my M16 is going to be in was your ass. Over... <laughs> 2011 was over 10 years ago. Yeah. These concepts have come and gone and never got the daylight they deserved. Um, they'll live on as legendary toys, but that's pretty much it. And it's it's sad that's to me, so man. Sad. So much good stuff has come and gone and never been featured. Not even in a, a one-shot comic book, I find. Mm. So... What you gonna do? What you gonna do? There's too much Joe out there. Paul, give us another one. My my third pick. Um, this is once again me putting something into Sunbow. So big surprise. <laughs> and this character is Crystal Ball. <laughs> and this is a bit of this is a bit of a cheat. Um, because I feel like we have realized this, and or should I say, um, the good uh, Troy Smith has has realized this when in red rockets uh in the red rockets glare or red rocket um series that he did clairvoyance. The series. clairvoyance thank you because i keep thinking <laughs> that's how brainwashed i am by this thing red <laughs> rocket and anyway um yeah I, I i think i kind of feel like when we were playing around with that that's kind of where the original idea for this episode came from and it's been sitting in my subconscious for this long and I just feel like this is one of the biggest wasted opportunities in the Sunbow cartoon. How many cartoons have I've been hypnoti hypnotized by a bad guy to do bad things and to turn on the Joes, you know, I mean, to turn on the good guys episodes are there and why does G.I. Joe not really have one of those episodes? And mm. yeah. Because uh, I... they did it in the movie? No, look, I mean, <laughs> Baroness is a totally squandered character in Rise of Cobra, as many characters are because the brainwashing angle. I'm like, ah, oh, geez. The only reason she's a bad guy is because she got brainwashed. Yuck and poo. Invest a little bit more in the Baroness character, please. But yeah, that's my personal gripe with the movie and not with Crystal Ball. Please continue, Paul. Yeah, so, but that's the thing. Like, I think that's, this is where the fun would have been and where it would have been a, a much better concept in the cartoon is turning a good guy and making a good guy do bad stuff just like they did in clear uh, just like we did with clairvoyance and i say we but you know it's you know it's troy just as troy did actually in uh, clairvoyance was awesome and we we need more of that and i think it, it i think other people other you know much better writers than us realized this and put that you know that energy into the idw comic so at least we we got to see a character like crystal ball fully realized but i want him in the cartoon damn it i think he would have been <laughs> so awesome in the cartoon and uh, looking at his card art, I've had a, a startling realization about something, which I'm going to keep to myself and uh, <laughs> pass right on to Rob. Oh my so, goodness. I believe Paul's been I hypnotized. Mean, oh my goodness. No. Something's going to go down. There's so a latent got... post hypnotic suggestion hidden in the card art. And if you study it too closely, <laughs> bing, you become brainwashed. Oh my goodness. An agent of Cobra. That's what's happening right now. Oh, <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> so, <continue. laughs> so we got Python eye stuff. 
in um, I, I think it was in Deke. Um, there, there was yeah, there was in Dragonfire. It wasn't Operation Dragon ba -ba 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 -ba. Dragonfire? Yep. That that had the Pythonized stuff in it, but we never got like I would love to have seen like Night Force or Tiger, you know, the the the, the Tiger Force yeah, yeah. In, in the cartoons. That would be absolutely fantastic, you know. I mean, obviously, they kind of rework it in some way and make it like, you know, there's a reason why they have to dress all tigery, or there's a reason why they need to be all in night force gear. But like, that would have been so cool to be able to see one of these like sub teams in there and with their recolored vehicles too. In say, yeah, Sunbow or Deke. I mean, you know, if, if you had to put them in there. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that would be absolutely incredible. Um, and I think it's it's true what Stephen said earlier. Um, it's obviously come out a lot with um, all the a lot of the picks that we've made. 1987, 88, 89 have a lot of missed opportunities of characters and sub teams and bad guys and vehicles and whatever else that were never used. Um, and that that really should have gotten a chance to shine in the cartoons. Um, and I think Night Force or Tiger Force would have been a fantastic addition. Just such a cool like variation and then people would have known about tiger force a lot earlier you know instead of being what european exclusives so yeah, yeah. i think tiger <laughs> force rob oh, I, I fully agree because that is actually what put this whole thing in motion is i was having a conversation with one of the local gi joe fans who posted on his group uh on his whatsapp group he was all like was Tiger Force ever in any of the cartoons? And I'm like, no. And he's like, not even Deke. And I'm like, no, I'm like, just Python Patrol. And he's like, well, that's sad. I'm like, yes, yes, it is. And then I was like, thank that you is very sad. much. I need to speak to the guys. <laughs> you know? I like, will not uh, credit you for this idea and you will not get any other proceeds. No, I'll podcast. totally credit. I mean, if he actually <laughs> listens to the show, Old Skoltzy, yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're hey. our chat inspired. Skoltzy, thank you, Skoltzy. That man has been responsible for, for getting me some cool toys. And finally, I can speak. I can do a new shit section next week. Oh, oh because, interesting. Yes. Next Preview. week. So, 252. Next weekend. Yeah. Tons of new stuff. Guys, I've just been snowed under. I haven't been able to do anything. I, except for one day that I managed to sneak out to the shops because I needed to do some grocery shopping. Ah, um, finally made yeah. it to a shopping center. Good. I can't even a... sneak out to my sister's house. Hey, Paul. Oh, dude, that is free. That is the whole thing. It's free toys. Free toys. I know. For Paul free toys. If your name is Paul collect your free so toys. Free toys. <laughs> so the big thing is, is just like I told you guys um, earlier, like I've been busy with some hectic work stuff. And it's been very, very demanding on oh, me. I so I've been it. like kind of. I believe it. If you've turned down the but opportunity to get free toys, free that toys. means you must be really busy. Jesus. Oh, on top of, but then this week is also these last two weeks have also been incredibly busy for Celia, who has been responsible for single-handedly, uh, and I say single-handedly because uh, she really did coordinate and do a lot of the the really difficult stuff. But they launched a they opened a new branch of Old Khaki in Colonnade Shopping Center. And Celia was like pretty much there from the ground up, like making sure that the place looked right, all the shop fittings and everything was correct for the designs oh, and yeah, the dude. whole look and feel. She has been very tired. I'm going to say that. <laughs> and very not good to have conversations with because she was very tired. <laughs> so <laughs> so getting anywhere. Yeah. So but you have know, we you have to... 
successfully concluded our cartoon assignment, gents. Uh, anything else you have waiting in the wings? I think. I think it would have been nice to see more Night Ravens um, in the cartoon <laughs> series. <laughs> Are you kidding? Yeah. Night kidding? Ravens were like the cannon like fodder of the second season. Yeah, I know. Like they're getting shut down every other like. I wanted to see more because they're so sexy. It's not like it's not like they're not there. <laughs> Just like seeing them. Well, and, as I uh, said, special mention for me was Scoop. Um, also, I believe <laughs> I believe um, Shockwave did appear in Deke, but it would have been cool to see yeah. him in, in a better, well, in Sunbow. <laughs> well, it was in yeah. his DEF outfit. Which Ew. is weird okay. because they kind of changed the helmets to be completely like transparent, not transparent, kind of opaque-ish. So you could see like mouth detail and eye detail, but it was like really badly detailed. Mm. It's a weird, weird look. Um, so that okay, does so not classic do shockwave, shockwave would have been amazing. Favors. And let me just specify, like on record, I don't love shockwave as a character. It's the cool design. <laughs> like, there's absolutely nothing necessarily so cool. about the established character of Shockwave that speaks to me. I mean, we both sang in choirs, but that's that's neither here nor there. I just yeah. took him as my avatar because he is just so uncharacterized. Steve, you just <laughs> brought up an interesting memory now for me. Oh. So oh. my my oh. teacher in standard three which was, what is that, grade five? Grade five. Fifth grade. His name was Mr. Volsenach. Very, very cool guy. Very tall, imposing gentleman. Like, hectic, hardcore. Like, just, Mr. Volsenach just had this vibe. Like, when, when the class was naughty, he would just, like, slam his desk. He'd be like, enough! And you would, like, crap yourself. It wasn't like, you know, like him slamming the desk and the whole class was like, ha ah! ha He really did have that, like, he could scare the shit out of you kind of thing. But he was such a cool guy. Anyway, as we got to know him, uh, or should I say, as I got to know him, because uh, he was kind of, he kind of opened up a little bit, like as a person to some of us as, as some of the students, as we got to know him, because we did like sports stuff, or whatever, or helped him with things. And I remember like helping him. I was the DJing sound and light guy for the school's review, which is like the school play. <laughs> I'm so lame. Anyway, he coordinated that. And Anyway, I learned that he was actually part of the um, SANDF. And he was actually, while he was a teacher, he was still actually in active duty. And oh, that's why that's he was so, so cool. hardcore. He also used to sing for the Welsh Boys Choir. Ah. Yeah. Wow. And you mentioning Shockwave has just brought all of that back to me. Like, hardcore, cool military guy. And he's in the choir. I know one. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Shockwave was your teacher. Damn. That's Damn. Cool. Yeah, that's all, so cool. Mr. Volsenock, like, he had to duck a little bit when he came into class. It was like, he was scary, man. He, but he was great. He was so great. Yeah. Anyway. Though Sorry, I do Steve. think it's a pretty arbitrary point to make that your file cards thing. It's like, okay. It's just an allegory to how everyone in the SWAT unit has a function. Like, hmm. All right, Mr. Harmer. <laughs> Stick with your soldiering stuff. You obviously well, don't know much about the police. It's, <laughs> it's it's cute, and it does make it a, a unique file card. But, like, as a file card for Shockwave, it is a bit disappointing because it doesn't tell you much about Shockwave. 
Yeah. Like you get from, well, I don't want to get into it, man. Like basically, oh, uh, 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 I've watched a film called Mosul, which is in Arabic. And it's about an Iraqi SWAT team. It is the most badass SWAT movie I have ever seen in my entire life. So all of a sudden, mm. like the fact that Shockwave is SWAT and not military actually makes him more hardcore in my eyes than less. If you know what I mean, ah. like these guys are insane. They are like going into ISIS held Mosul and rescuing families. Like it's, oh, it's on Netflix. It's, it's a bloody good watch. I'm going to oh, check that out. Yeah, never would have. I'm yeah. I would never have thought it. Okay. I'm going to go watch that. I wonder that's Steven's pick of the week. I wonder Dude. if, yeah. Oh, no, sorry, just on the shockwave topic, I wonder if maybe he was... I wonder if Larry Homer, or, or whoever's writing the file cards, I assume it was Larry Homer that did shockwaves. Um, I wonder if he didn't put it there to kind of destigmatize choir singers or choir boys. Could be. Like, because, I mean, if you think about it, like, and I mean, let's be real, like, you know, all of us here in this podcast, we have respect for choir, you know, for, for the no, choir, absolutely. for guys who sing and choirs. stuff like that. A lot of us were. But yeah. the guys that were beating us up in school didn't. They didn't think about bloody choir people, honestly. And something, and a character, like, imagine that there is some G.I. Joe fan out there that read a Shockwave's file card and he has an incredible voice and he was, like, sort of made to think that, like, oh, you know, he's less than a guy or less than, like, being hardcore or whatever is because he can sing. And him reading this file card and going, oh, you know what? This character called Shockwave is a badass and he's a That's choir saved singer. saved his life. And yeah. now he's probably like in the SWAT team and a choir he's singer. Badass. You know? He's, he's saved badass. He breaks the doors <laughs> down. What is mm -hmm. perhaps a point that I also am trying to convey with Shockwave's file card and, and this kind of preoccupation with him being a choir singer is that's not necessarily a high level of achievement. Like, no. As being part of a chorus, you don't necessarily have a phenomenal standout soloist voice. You are a team player. It's not yeah. a. It's it's not like singling him out as like, oh, he had a, an opera career prior to joining Detroit SWAT. It's like no, he was just one of the guys. There's nothing particularly special about his voice. He just happens to sing. So this it's a, it's an everyman quality, I guess. Is this true? Okay, I suppose. Play. It's anecdotal. Yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness. Hans Chow is Paul's childhood teacher. This is crazy. He was a choir boy and in the military and currently a school teacher. He is also shockwave. <laughs> there we and go. what's the name of your teacher? Mr. Wilsonach. Yeah, Wilsonach. Peter Wilsonach. Yeah. Wilsonach. What a name. Hey, what a name. Having the opportunity to speak South African. Uh, thank <laughs> goodness for, for this podcast. Yo. Gentlemen, let's put a pin in the um, animated uh, edition section Hell slash yeah. shockwave file card discussion. My goodness, because <laughs> I do, I do got some new shit. Ooh, new shit! Shit. And I also, no. And I also want to show off somebody from the Instagram whose stuff I really dig. So, mm. yeah, so that, that would it. be, yeah. I got a tri blaster. <gasps> no, a tri blaster. A trial wow. in 1989, a Fantastic. battlefield robot here shown with uh, no gun and no missile stand. I got it for a song because both were snapped, right? But I just wanted it to show off an so alternate, much better now. 
I know, an alternative setting for this uh, rather chintzy little vehicle. That's uh, so cool. Pop Scoop's camera in the gun mount yeah. and his uh, satellite backpack in the missile slash antenna mount. And all of a sudden, it's like a, I don't know, a, a dolly, basically. This a dolly is rig amazing. For his camera. You can come up with incredible shots. This mm. is so cool. Yeah. I love how what you've done with the backpack. It oh, looks yeah, like it's meant to it. be there. Well, they're the similar shade of gray, so why not? Mm. And they both come from the year 1989. Heck our yeah. Lord and Savior. Um, you could also attach the hose to add a little bit more rigidity to his camera mounts because it is a loose, it kind of, you know, it's a... It's a yeah, it's it a, kind of just like flop around in there. It does, it does. Mm. But not bad, not bad at all. Uh, then, in all its glory, uh, with the guns and missiles Ooh, attached... Sexy. It's good fun, man. Like these things fulfill a very important function that I think we forget uh, the further we get from this point. And that's you could buy the Battlefield robot sets for a song. I think they were all of about 20 Rand back in the day. That was like mm. less than $5. Um, and they were a, a vehicle. You could go home with a figure and a vehicle for a very, very small amount of cash. Um, so th they might seem cheap now, but they did fulfill a very important role. Uh, I do am missing one missile. I do am, I am missing one missile and the <laughs> antenna, but that's okay. And there's a difference between the tri-blaster, which we didn't get in South Africa and Europe, uh, mm -hmm. and the radar rat, which we did. The radar rat had blue wheels, whereas the tri-blaster has the gray wheels hmm. Hmm. Yeah. yeah we kind of touched on this on a conversation we had oh. also the weapons are in a kind of a more muted green whereas the euro release it's a, a more kind of deep sort of vibrant green both mm -hmm. are extremely fragile the reason being the posts are conical it's not like a mushroom peg that is like straight up and down the fact that the posts are conical means that the deeper you press them in, the snugger they fit. So if you uh, jam them all the way down and you try and tur turn them, twist them, you're just going <laughs> to shear them straight off. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound design. <laughs> the other bit of bad design, unfortunately, when viewed from behind, uh, the guy doesn't sit into it at all. Okay? No. It's, just, it's just a cavity that his legs go into. With Something a like head. a heat sink. <laughs> he's got his butt hanging off the edge um which says to me that yes these things are designed to be drones they are drones that can at a pinch in a pinch uh, yeah, accept, someone. yeah accept a, a figure um or make for a, a camera stand for for scooby that is scooby. the best use for a vehicle i've ever seen <laughs> Uh, the other problem, the handle angle on the oh, gun. No. If you do oh, put his word. hands on, he does this kind of elbow pop. Sorry. But that's just the limitation of G.I. Joe figures of the age. But like to get their hands onto a handle that isn't just uh, rounded. You know, if the, if the handles do have a kind of a, uh, a C shape to them, a, a sloped shape to them, they do suggest which angle the hands must grasp them at. And unfortunately, in the case of the Triblaster, it's the angle that pops your elbows out to the sides and slightly up. <laughs> it's weird. 
Anyway, that's, <laughs> it looks ridiculous. that's what I got this week. Dude, that's what awesome. I, I was wondering why you're asking me about the wheels on the radar rat. Hmm. Ah, interesting. So, I'm going to share my screen. Uh, so, there's this really cool... Uh, it's actually one of the members of the Bogue Force as well. Uh, but I just... I've been following his Instagram account for a while and... Steve, you and I have been having some chats about these sort of Toy Biz, uh, well, the Toy Biz X-Men days. And mm. so, and then, you know, the conversation also sort of leaked into um, the Marvel Select remakes. And then there's also the retro remake. And it's, it's a whole thing. Anyway, uh, it's funny, as we were having that conversation, uh, this awesome shot of Wolverine popped up in my in my feed. And I'm like, this is an incredibly cool Wolverine. Like, oh my word, this is amazing. And it reminded me of uh, my Toy Buzz Wolverine. Mm. And I'm talking about founding figures here. Uh, and I'm not going to, you know, put out his real identity because I suspect he doesn't want me to like flag it everywhere. But uh, is it old he has snake been as his Instagram profile pic. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. No. It's, as in it's... Cobra Commander. No. No, it's Cobra episode... Commander and Firefly disguised. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. so it's not that episode uh, that's set in the future of Transformers. No. 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 So, yeah, he's got some really great photographs of these toys, and I really, really love them. And I've actually been following this channel for a long time because, uh, like, I'm going to go back through his channel a bit quickly. Uh, but he had some shots of the Renegades, uh, and I've really, really enjoyed them. You know, like, if you check this out, this is such a cool shot. And he really looks like he's having a lot of fun with these toys. And I always appreciate that. And, you know, he's... I mean, here's another great one um, of them again. Ah, it's so cool. Yeah. So he keeps, like... He posts a lot of these cool, like, action shots. And, shame, I hope I'm not... I hope you're not feeling too exposed, Founding Figures. I just, uh, I just really like your work. I just wanted to show it off to people as opposed to telling people to go and have a look and then they forget your name or whatever. So like, what's the guy Founding in the podcast? Oh, I'm too guys. lazy to go and check. I mean, here's, here's one for Rob. Um, oh, hell yeah. And he even tagged Rob for no, for at no clarity here. Rob of GI Joe. <laughs> Scoop has a new nice. race. Right? So Heck yeah. Founding figures, yeah. GI Joe books salute you. Especially yeah, there. man. Especially Rob. <laughs> but uh, yeah, please go and check out his channel. He's got some fantastic stuff. He's got some great setups. He really looks like he knows how to play with his toys, which is always a good thing. And his X-Men figures, his X-Men shots are making it so difficult for me to resist the urge and the temptation to pick up a Wolverine, a Jubilee, you know. Wolverine! Wolverine! <laughs> I want a Wolverine! And I mean, you've got Arcadia and Iron Fist. Oh, I want right, these, Paul, but G. I also Joe can't. Joe Let's go back be. to G.I. Joe. Oh, gotta stop sharing. <laughs> so I okay. got a bit of Postbox the Pit Mail from Paula Joe. And boy, oh boy, it's a tome. I can't read it out on air, but I can give the cliff notes in <laughs> that just of all the playtime stories that G.I. Joe has received over the years, like, I think this might be certainly the most like like awe-inspiring like if gi joe has permeated your every existence you've lived this kind of playtime he would have vehicles and, and guys that that he wanted to destroy because they were already broken 
like a warthog that had its doors broken off or snake eyes that had a stripped screw he would cover it in resin set it alight and push it off into the lake only to then have a friend who wasn't involved in the burning come and investigate what happened he would have to row out and find the submerged crisped toy and then like make his own conclusions like oh okay I, i'm not doing a very good job of, of 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 summarizing but like this is some heavily involved like story time play time this saga that he is related to me so i'm gonna try and unpack this somehow sounds amazing we should do show. like a yeah we should do like an audio book of it maybe Maybe, I yeah. I think Mauler Joe, it's high time we got him on G.I. Joburg to discuss this Because it is going to be inspirational stuff for us all. Well, uh, he's been all well, over the place this week. Has he now? Yeah, as Stephen's about to um, preface, uh, as I'm about to... <laughs> it's that time. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's scoop on scooping scoop time. So 250 was all about me and my new toys. <laughs> and talking about the, the elbows and the feel even though i was it was very difficult for me to articulate what the heck i was trying to say about how they don't feel right many commenters all agreed that they have a weird feel to them they do not feel mm. exactly like the original joe's and it became a whole discussion people were like and and joe uh, mauler was, was was fantastic with his different ideas about um uh, like you know how you kind of fix them and how i mean he was also surprised when he discovered that a lot of people had very tightened um elbows because he had surmised that um they obviously didn't tighten too much because they didn't want to damage the plastic um and he also pointed something out that i actually realized as i was saying it in the previous episode that the black the 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 number that's printed on the back of storm shadow snake eyes does have that on him it's just it's erased it's embossed on the back of his leg so there was a way of them doing it where they didn't have to print this huge black bloody number on the character um yeah so people talked like tons about um uh, you know the new gi joes and how some how some of them preferred um i think it was you know they preferred other kind of new companies doing their retro figures like you know if, if only they learned from these guys you know um but probably my favorite comment was from yellow hell who um, weighed in on probably the most important topic of the week um, and the thing that we talked about um, that came up and he 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 joined us. Uh, he says, Team TJ Bang. He looks like a TJ. So I'm glad he's Chabang. on the he's on the, the TJ side with us. Rob, correct me if I'm wrong, like I might be experiencing a bit of a Mandela effect on this one, mm. but when we had our early 2000s core figures, you know, that first series of T-Crotch guys that were really like nicely weathered and the good stuff. Dirt, the yeah. good stuff. They also had that factory serial number, but it wasn't stamped on the figure. It was a piece of paper. It was a slip of paper inside the character's torso cavity. Yes. You remember that? Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, that ridiculousness. That? Yes. Yeah. Now okay. that you say it, that was something that they did. Yeah. That is probably the least obtrusive way of a factory, including that kind of information. Because, yeah, if you do up, need to locate a bad batch of plastic or whatever, you just go looking for this little slip of paper <laughs> to determine which factory <laughs> it came out of. 
Uh, and it doesn't ruin the figure by absolutely. printing a giant freaking number on the back of his thigh. That but is I wonder if that practice has has fallen away because it, maybe it didn't work out in the old end. They were like, no, 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 no. We need, we don't want to be looking for screwdrivers. We need it printed back. But yeah, it's more straightforward to print it straight onto the figure. But still, that that would have been so much better. Yeah. Um, yeah. So people had a ton of great comments to talk about, um, talking about the different feels of figures. Um, yeah. So thanks, guys, for always commenting. And I hope we get a lot of comments this week on your favorite characters that you wish was in an animated series of G.I. Joe um, or vehicles. I mean, I mentioned some vehicles. I was expecting Steve to mention some vehicles, but he didn't mention any. Uh, <laughs> I suppose I was trying to keep with the strictness of the, tra the, 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 the topic, man. Like, well, it got that's exactly what I was going to say. For sure, for sure. <laughs> Yeah. You're very strict. In Steve's defense, uh, I, I didn't mention vehicles at all. So maybe well, you know, I go. So... I, I was going to go there anyway because I was like, I'm sure Stephen will go there. And he didn't go there. And I was like, okay, I'm the only guy who likes vehicles apparently in cartoons. Yeah, oh, yeah, well. Only, yeah. Oh, well. It's a, Next it's time. It's hard, Rob. I know. I feel you. <laughs> it is. It's difficult to be Rob. But here I am. Well, okay. <laughs> Here's the vehicle that I settled on as like <laughs> the one that is most criminally denied having a devoted storyline for it. And that's the Cobra Bug. I just think, ah, like, the yes. underwater dimension is so cool. They did it with the hammerhead in Deke, but, like, the bug could have been in that third season of Sunbow, and it would have been done right. It's like, just as a... I mean, we saw it animated in the commercial, and the commercials did fill in that gap in terms of just giving us a glimpse at what these things would look like in animation. This is great sequence where... I think something is stolen from the Joes and they're chasing in the desert fox and they're chasing in the warthog and the the bug is entering the water and then it fires off its its pod. Just great stuff, great action sequences. But like I'm a sucker for any kind of submarine action, uh, submerged underwater yeah. uh, intrigue. And the bug could have been so great. I just think of all those sequences where we got non-toy submersibles. It would have been so mm. lovely to see an actual G.I. Joe toy that Cobra can use down there. Um, <laughs> well, aren't, you, aren't you having you hang around, dear listeners, to hear Stephen's vehicle suggestion for cartoons? <laughs> and if you did hang around this late into the proceedings, you can take a look at our awesome Patreon honor roll. The we guys salute. and gals that uh, chuck us a buck every month. And we appreciate you guys a great deal. You can get early access to episodes. You can also join us live if you so desire. Or just check us out on the replay. Um, amongst other things, uh, Paul, I believe I tossed you a little something-something for the, the Bergforce this past tossing. week. Have they hmm. received uh, their link to the, to the bonus Oh, features? yes. Yes, I'll hold that up actually now. Thank you. So I, I, I must no. I must admit I did have it happen. all queued up, and unfortunately I got into a meeting thing that happened. Like it was a bit of a crisis, and then I, it sort of fell to the back. And also I've been trying to work on my GI Joe submissions to put them through tomorrow, so I've been using all my time for that. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So the anyway, Force discovered live that there's something extra for them waiting soon. Bonus. Yeah, don't get your hopes up, Bergforce. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's good fun. You get a glimpse into the, the, the further madness of G.I. Joe Berg. Uh, 
But once again, Ooh, did everyone who watches the, uh, us... mosquito-covered balls. Patreon and find out. We just might have opened up our own OnlyFans. <laughs> I, I think I think we just <laughs> lost uh, Patreons uh, from that. <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. At least I don't think anyone should. <laughs> hey, it's a weird, wonderful world out there, guys. To you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and before we run yeah. out, oh, sorry, because I, 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 it feels like you're about to stick your leg out the door there. And I just oh, hell yeah. There's two things that I want to mention. You mentioned submersibles, and I've been playing Gran Turismo a lot, which is a car game, right? So you know, there's no correlation there, but. <laughs> There's a McLaren, yeah. there's a McLaren yes. prototype that you sit in, in the game, in the car, you lie down, you in it, you sit in it prone. So you're not really sitting in it. You drive it in a prone position. So you're Ooh, lying like down like you would a shark. Yeah. Or shark. Or like the shark in the, in the animated or, or in the, the toy yeah. mode. Yeah. The and I thought that like was kind shark. of fascinating. And if you guys are wondering why this mad decision was made by McLaren, it's because they feel that the car hits such high g-forces that it's actually safer for the driver to be in that position because it's, it it doesn't affect them as much in that prone position at least in a well, vehicle I mean, with the way that it's designed to turn and stuff so fighter yeah, jets definitely I mean, pilots are definitely all prone and they're fighter jets aren't they of course you know what it's like you know they all you you see Wait, top gun and pros, you know like they get they put their heads in there Let's, yeah, pronouns on your oh. belly. I know Rob's just being cheeky. That's what I was about to say. You know, you remember when Maverick, you know, flew over to, you know, upside down to the enemy fighter, and then he mooned him because his bum yeah. was in the prime position to do that. Yeah, exactly, because he was flying prone. No, <laughs> but apparently that's the whole thing. Okay. It's, uh, it's the whole thing that I wanted to mention. Okay, cool. yeah, that's that's according to McLaren. But anyway, uh, is there a working prototype of this car? No, it's a completely simulated car at the moment. It's uh. the whole idea is to unveil it in twenty twenty four. And then the other thing that I wanted to mention, and this actually infuriates me, and I could kick myself. You know those moments, ladies and gentlemen, I when you go to the toy shop. <laughs> Steve would probably Steve is going to kick me for this too. <laughs> I saw um, the new Batman figures. They finally arrived in South Africa, which is very exciting. And I grabbed myself the Batman from that line because I was like, okay, well, you know what? I've got a bit of bucks. And they had the Batmobile and they still have it, to be fair. And it was listed as 489 Rand at the Ooh. back of the box. And I was like, I'm not going to drop 500 Rand right now. I want to think about this. Well, I went back to the shop today because I've thought about it. And... Yeah, it's actually a thousand five hundred ninety-nine rand now. So they must have made a whoopsie <laughs> with the price sticker. <laughs> that Batmobile oh, could stay right the fuck there. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh no! You see, I don't yeah. want it at five hundred rand. Buy it. Try having it at one thousand five hundred mm. rand. One thousand rands. I'm sure it'll go on clearance soon enough. It's uh, it, it, the the biggest. The, the, the sad thing about that toy line is that, and I'm sure, I don't know if it's like this in the States or in, in or Europe in or, or Australia, but I just found in South Africa, people are funny about buying that three, three quarter inch scale figure. And they're more than happy to buy the Batmans, the actual toys, the Batmans, the Batgirls, the Supermans, the Green Lanterns, it all. They're happy mm -hmm. to do that. And they and they're quite happy to buy the very cheap and cheerful Tupperware Batmobiles that are on offer. 
But as soon as those things go anywhere like north of like 500 bucks, they sit and they, gain, they gather dust. Which is why I put in a special request with the Toy Kingdom dudes to please give me a call as soon as it goes on special. <laughs> <laughs> and they know me. So then I know they will. They're like, oh, sure, you're just going to pay it. We're going to get that 500 bucks from him one day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Fantastic. I just I had to throw that out there because I feel like such an idiot, such a fool. A moron. It's like insider trading. It's like, we know we're not going to get the sale out of this guy at the regular price. We're going to call him in when it's clearanced out. We're like, oh, you, you must be a real like VIP, Paul. These guys, like, yeah. what are you doing for them on the side? Nothing, dude. I'm just friendly to them. You know, the other day I walked nice. in That's all a couple takes. of months back. You're a nice guy. Yeah. <clears throat> the, uh, I walked in a couple of months ago and the guy goes, come here, come here. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, what's happening? He goes, he pulls out this box and it's all of the new release Hot Wheels that he's kept aside. And he's like, I kept these aside because I know you might want to check them before they all go up on the special. Aww. And I was like, you rock star. <laughs> you know? That's awesome. Like, yeah? I don't have any money so, right now, but I might buy them next time. <laughs> no, well, shame. I bought like four or five cars that day. But right. uh, I thought that was really cool. Like, kind of thing. Yeah, so anyway, you treat people in the shop They'll treat you right. I mean, I, I, I from personal experience, yeah. Yeah. Nice if you work behind the counter, you just know. <laughs> you you know? just know. Yeah. Show me the way. Anyway, Stephen, as you were. <laughs> Two fifty-one. The Jones, oh, yeah, the tunes missed, among other things. It's been a blast. I'll check you guys next week. Uh, we have no idea what we'll talk about, but we're open to suggestions. Bam. Oh yeah. I've Tell got a good feeling that it. I've also got a good feeling Obi-Wan might enter that conversation next week. Interesting. In. Hello there. Mm, interesting. Um, well, yeah, very interesting times. Also, Iconicon and Cobra Conversion 6 loom on the horizon. <sighs> and I feel at liberty to reveal that <gasps> we will be premiering the finale of our Renegades saga along with the entire completed, uh, what would you call it, collection, the... the uh, Movie edit, I don't know, like the all-in-one edit. The full feature edition. Feature length <laughs> what's, edition. What's the bloody word? Uh, uh, anyway, the collected edition of all of it, uh, plus some, some extras. Uh, in the Iconicon, we'll be, we'll be premiering it. the motion all. picture. There Hell we yeah. go. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, the anthology version. That's what I was looking for. Was yeah, there we go. It's kind of like Resolute. Mm -hmm. You know, Resolute came out weekly, but you can watch it all at once as well. Yep. Or not weekly. So it came for out on viewers days, new yeah. and old, it will offer something quite unique in the Iconicon lineup. Heck yeah. Uh, but it's looking like an amazing event this year. I certainly hope uh, a good helping of the G.I. Joburg following can tune in pitch up i'm show, definitely checking out some, some of these sport. things fantastic yeah. we've got celebrities in the panels like what oh my okay. gosh it's going okay. big styles and of course Heck cobra yeah. convergence 6 will follow shortly after that and it's going to be a month of pure cobra goodness it's going to oh, be insane yeah. why does cobra get a month um, and joe doesn't i think that's that's yeah. ridiculous it's terrible yeah, man. Any excuse to paint the month Cobra Blue is a good one, if you ask me. And Brian's putting in some incredible work behind the scenes. Uh, but the contributors this year, 
like I just see some of the names and I'm like, what? Amazing. Um, it's been said before, but fans do the best work. And yeah, we're all in for a treat. It's going to be a hell of a month. Fantastic. That'll be July and Iconicon is late June into early July, the yes. last weekend of June. Anyways, my name is Steve. Uh, I'm out. Hell yeah. Rob says goodbye. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> Berg. <laughs> See you Berg. Next week, guys. Berg. 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 Berg.